Hello, this is Pastor Bob Gray. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast here at Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. I trust the services will be a blessing to you. If I can do anything for you, please let me know. You can find our information on the website at ebclongview.com. Let's go right into the services of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Enjoy God's Word. This has been a week. This has been a week. Wednesday, February the 22nd, Miss Martinez's brother, Mark Rader, passed away in a wreck at the age of 42. Friday, Brother Charles Maxwell's grandfather passes away in a wreck. Monday, Brother Jordan Montgomery passes away after six years of health issues at the age of 20. Thursday, Brother Hanson, your father, stepped into heaven to be with the Lord, battling from heart issues and just different things. And then Thursday night, Wednesday night after church, I went up to the hospitality ER and, and um, just went to pray with Teresa. They said she'd been up there very sick. And, and then Wednesday night, then Thursday, what a week. I'm not going to be long this morning, but I want you to take your Bibles and go to Matthew 27. Little did I know any of this, but God, doesn't God know? God knows. And there's an unsettledness in, in our church, not a doubt on God. But boy, I, I want to I, I, I give you comfort today. I want to pull up a chair and sit down next to you gently and just kind of go, let me pastor you for just a couple of moments. For everything that I've just read off, there's, I promise you, and I don't have the liberty to read them, there's another 10 things that are pending for our church that are just getting ready to be released. People we love, that right now they're going through it and they're deciding where is God? In Matthew chapter 27, now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, can, can you read this with me please? My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some of them that stood there when they heard that said, this man calleth for Elias. And straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. The rest said, let be, let us see whether Elias will come to save him. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent, and the graves were open, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. There's so much that happens at Calvary that is beyond our understanding it's, it's beyond where we're at. But if you were to look at Calvary through the lens of the secondary, 
primarily. Calvary was all about the grandeur of heaven coming to earth to be the gruesome of humanity. He was born with the angelic, smooth skin, face, flesh of a baby in the manger. But when he was taken down off that cross, he was taken down in such, such disrespect. But there's one verse that helps us understand Calvary to an even greater extent because I need to get to the secondary truth about Calvary. I think 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, For he hath made him, and think about this at Calvary, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. At Calvary, there was an exchange that took place. At Calvary, there was this exchange that is only isolated in one verse, but it's expanded in the concept of the Bible. This exchange, if you can imagine the ugliness of who we were as sinners, being exchanged for the righteousness of, of, of God, and to the impact that Jesus became the ugly of the world. There is no movie. There is no miniseries. There is no poster. There is no Sunday school teacher. There is no flannel graph that can do justice to how horrific that Jesus looked while on that cross. But nor can there compare to the glory of the righteousness of God that exists on the inside of us. It may not look like it on the flesh at times, but on the inside of everybody who is a believer, there is glory on the inside. There is righteousness on the inside. The righteousness of God. That means the holiness of God. That means the light of God. That means the kindness of God. Everything that God is, is what now exists on the inside of the believer because there was an exchange that took place. Jesus took your darkest night so that you could have his brightest light. Jesus took your sin that caused a scar so you could take his righteousness that has no past. This was the exchange that took place at Calvary. Jesus took our sin so we could become righteousness. However, in the middle of this exchange, something happened for three hours. Look at Matthew 27, 45, and I'm, I'm, I'm quickly trying to get to the truth of the morning. Matthew 27, and look at verse number 45. Now, from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour. This three hours is where this exchange happened. And this three hours was part of this exchange, I should say. But there was something that happened during this three hours that caused Jesus to say these words in verse 46. He didn't say them at the first hour. He did not say them at the second hour because it is hard to believe. It is unimaginable to believe. But look what he said at the ninth hour. 30 minutes of darkness, 60 minutes of darkness, 
Now we're up to an hour and a half of darkness. Now we've crested two hours of darkness. Now, Brother David, we now have entered into the ninth hour of darkness, and here the Son of God has been suspended And then he says these words, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Get the picture. While our sins were being paid for and this exchange was happening, there was a temporary forsaking by the Godhead. When he said, my God, he was referring to God the Father. When he said, my God, he was referring to God the Spirit. Think about it. My God, my holy God. My God, my Holy Spirit. And this three hours of darkness fell over the land. And Jesus said this as the light turned its back. Come here, Brother John. Just stand next to me. I want you to think about this. He hung there. The height of all of our sins, all mankind, the first hour of darkness, the Godhead's looking. The second hour of darkness, the Godhead's looking. The third hour of darkness, and the Godhead, go ahead, turn. The Godhead, turn all the way around. The Godhead turned their back. You know what Jesus said? My God, my God. Why hast thou forsaken me? Thank you. Forsaken to leave behind. Forsaken to leave in this place. Forsaken to desert. To, forsaken to leave. Forsaken to walk away from. What God, what Jesus was saying on the cross, in the middle of this darkness, he was like this. Are you telling me that I'm going to be left behind in this place, you have forsaken me. The darkness that happened to Jesus was the response to the ugliness of Jesus dying on the cross and everything that he was becoming. They stripped him and put on a scarlet robe. They plaited a crown of thorns on his head. They mocked him. They spit upon him. They took the reed and smote him on the head. They gave him vinegar to drink mingled with gall. They parted his garments. They sat down and watched his naked body hang on the cross. But more than that, they reviled him and wag their heads at him. Brethren, can I tell you something this morning? That is everything that should happen to us every time we sin. Every time we sin, somebody should strip us naked. Every time we sin, somebody should take a crown of thorns and put it on our head. Every time we sin, somebody should mock us and spit at us and beat us and they should be a spectator and wag their head at us. But you know why we get to live in dignity without our sins getting that kind of response is because our Savior didn't come down off that cross. And what he did on that cross is he took every sin of all the ages and at one moment in time died and paid for every man to have the opportunity to accept or reject. 
The Bible tells us that many were astonished at thee. His visage was so marred, Isaiah says, more than any man, and his form was more than the sons of men. Isaiah 53, 1, Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of the dry ground. He hath no form or comeliness. When we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces for him, for he, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrow. Yet he did esteem himself stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. When Jesus, the perfect one, was dying for our sins on Calvary, it was so ugly of a transaction that the Godhead had to turn their back. Habakkuk 1.13 confirms this. Thou art of purer eyes than to behold evil and canst not look on iniquity. Jesus not only paid for the sins of all of us, but here's the secondary. Jesus took the attitude of the Godhead for our sins. Jesus took the forsakenness so that we wouldn't have to. Yeah, he not only paid for our sins so we wouldn't have to go to hell, but that darkness and that period of a time on the cross, Jesus took for us the response from a holy God and a holy ghost to who sinful man is. Listen to this. We are mortal and we are corrupt. Right. Jesus not only paid for our sins, but Jesus said, I'm not only going to let you not go to hell, but I never want you to know what it's like to be forsaken wow. when your mortality is at its height and when your corruption is coming through your goodness. This is why he said in Hebrews, I will never leave thee, Amen. nor forsake thee. Amen. He did more than die on the old rugged cross for us. Brother Bentley and Brother Poncho and Teresa and Michael and the Taves and Brother Hanson and, and everybody else that's going through this. And the Martinez's as they're listening, listen to this. He did more on the cross than take our sins. You know what he said? I'm never going to let you be forsaken when your mortality is at its height. And when that corruption just comes through. He took that for us on the cross. And this is amazing to me. 1 Corinthians 15, 50. Now, I say that, now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trump shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed, for this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So in this corruptible shall put on incorruption, this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death. 
death is sin, the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain. Corruptible, I'm going to perish. Mortal, I'm liable to die. Forsaken, never. Never. Because when Christ experienced the turning of the back, then he gave us this promise. And whether we realize it or not, shouting from the Old Testament all the way down to 2023, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Do you know it? For thou art, what please, with me. When Jesus walked through the valley of the shadow of death, the Godhead turned their back. And on that ninth hour, and what Jesus was saying was, I know what it feels like to be forsaken. I know what it feels like to live in darkness. But I make you a promise. I will never do that to you. I will never leave you alone. Not only did he pay for your sins on the cross, but he gave you a promise. You'll never walk alone. I took care of that darkness. I took care of being forsaken. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered up him up for us all how shall we not with him also freely give us he freely give us all things who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect it is God that justifieth who is he that condemneth it is Christ that died yea rather that is risen again who even is the right hand of God who also maketh intercession for us who shall separate us from the love of Christ tribulation distress persecution famine nakedness Peril, sword, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us. Ladies and gentlemen, when Christ died on the old rugged cross, he not only died to make the exchange for your sins, but he took the forsakenness by the Godhead. And then he went to the grave. And then the three hours of darkness, I think it is not a coincidence that there were three days in the grave. And then he walked out of the grave and like he always has done, hey, I'm alive. Hey, how you doing? 40 days He walked this earth to tell people he loved. I told you. Do you know what he wants us to do today? And I come to us as a church. Everything that's been going on has spanned from Minnesota to Iowa to Longview, Texas. 
But these things that are going on right now, it is so across our church that a lot of times I'll hear people say, what's going on? And where is God? On the authority of his word, he's never left you. Because no matter what corruption starts setting in, Jesus took care of being forsaken so that you wouldn't have to be forsaken. The most powerful time you'll ever share is in the darkness of somebody's day. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Fellowship of his suffering? What in the world does that got? He had no fellowship in his suffering. There, there were three hours. He had no fellowship. They were watching him naked on the cross. They were watching the Son of God beat beyond recognition. And even the mortality, the mortalness, and the corruption that was oozing through the cross was something so vile and so wicked that the holiness of the Godhead couldn't even look upon. Then how do you get fellowship from him in the suffering? Because he knows what it's like to be forsaken. And guess what? In your darkness, he's right there going, I know how it feels, but I want you to know you're not alone. Have you ever been in your world when you thought it was falling apart and then somebody comes walking through the door and you were holding it together until you saw that person and then you just lost it? Oh, you know what that is. You know what that's like. Can I tell you? All that bent up forsakenness. Am I alone? Is all this in vain? What is going on? Let me tell you something. If you'll just come to Jesus Christ, you'll find things that leave you that never would have left you before. On the cross, in the darkness, our Savior chose not to come down. He chose not to fight. He didn't choose any of that. My title this morning was simply the question Jesus suffered through for us. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken us? What a great Jesus that can not only save us from our sins, but he can save us from walking this earth through dark times to where we're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. Ladies and gentlemen, he's alive. And you're not alone. And in those dark times that you thought he forsook me, and you're probably mad at him at some point, he didn't forsake you. He's not, you're not alone. Because he suffered on the cross. And he had to suffer rejection. And he had to suffer loneliness. And he had to suffer darkness. But oh, praise God for the resurrection. 
Thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast of the sermons from Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. We trust that the sermons and God's word was a blessing to you and yours. Please visit us at ebclongview.com. If we can do anything for you, please let us know. Have a great day.